Hello and welcome to this scripture commentary series. My name is Alex Dinley. I'm a graduate student in theology at Franciscan University, and I wanted to record these uh, small commentaries. They're around 20 minutes um, of interpretations of scripture that I find um, particularly interesting, help me understand the stories better. And in this, I wanted to just introduce the series and then also to give a, uh, a big picture because uh, I, I realize a lot of these stories are going to be very particular. And so what, what I see is the beauty of the Christian narrative is what one finds when you go through scripture seriously and are, are looking at it in the eyes of faith, that what Christianity brings is the peace, the peace of Christ in the church, that now that we've been baptized and brought into the family of God, we are at peace with ourselves, we're at peace with others, and we're at peace with God journeying towards the kingdom of heaven. And that ultimately the lies and the deceptions of the evil one are just those, that they're lies, deceptions that lead us to a state of violence, and that we see the world as a chaotic and violent um, uh, playing field. And what Christianity and the beauty of the Christian gospel really does is it proclaims the glory of God, it proclaims the beauty of creation, the fallenness of man, but his redemption in Christ and the offer of peace. And it's the beauty of that message, the beauty of the gospel that I believe shines through in the narrative. And so I want this to serve as an intro. What is the narrative of scripture? What is this narrative of salvation history? So first, the narrative is God creating ex nihilo, that God creates the universe out of nothing, that God creates out of the beneficence of himself, that God from all eternity is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a trinity of persons in love, a trinity of persons that is begotten out of love. What is proper to the Father is that he is unbegotten, that he is not the Son, what is proper to the Son is that he is Son, that he is the begotten. And what is proper to the Holy Spirit is that he is the breath, the spiration of life between the Father and the Son, which they share with each other. And so for all eternity, what God wanted to do is to create and create out of nothing. And that the world is not this chaotic, violent thing, but actually was created in peace. And that the original harmony and peace of creation was broken in Genesis by Satan and the temptation that Adam and Eve did. And this we call original sin. And what original sin is primarily is the deprivation of divine life in the soul. And that humanity loses this likeness of God, but still retains its image of God. And in many and various ways, as the letter of Hebrew tells us, God spoke to us through the prophets, spoke to us through the Old Testament and the Old Covenants. And what the Old Covenants were, were a prefiguring of the incarnation. And taking from the theology of Scotus, the primacy of the incarnation, that God created the universe so that he could have a universe to become incarnate in, and that humanity is not just um, one mode, that one creation among creation, but really represents that which God can, that which can house God in the soul, and that God created man so that he, he could become incarnate in man. And so the incarnation becomes the center point of all history, that God becoming man changes everything, that in a certain sense, we become consubstantial with divinity through the unique mediation of Christ, 
the Athanasian Creed becomes uh, primary, which is the son of God became the son of man so that sons of men might become sons of God. And the gospels recount this, um, recount the life of Christ. As St. Jerome says, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. And what the gospels do, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is present us with Christ's life. And they do it each in their unique ways. Uh, Matthew focuses heavily on the kingdom of heaven and the, the church, the kingdom which is the church which Christ came to bring, the fulfillment of the Davidic kingdom, which was a type in the Old Testament. Mark focuses heavily on the prophetic word of Christ and is uh, very uh, has its pacing with this immediacy and the, the proclamation of the word. Then Luke's gospel focuses on the more priestly aspects of Christ. It focuses on the temple a lot more, Christ as being the new temple, Christ as being the high priest, Christ as bringing the eternal sacrifice. So the the king, the prophet, and the priest quite generally are shown by Matthew, Mark, and Luke about Christ. And finally, John contemplates the divinity of Christ, contemplates his divine nature being revealed in his human nature. And we have the great proclamation of the word became flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. And once again, the incarnation being the center primary um, reality of history, that everything is to be viewed in relation to the incarnation. And then because of sin and because of the evil in the world, Christ chose to bear our sin on the cross. And this isn't Uh, something that he takes up unwillingly that's forced upon him, but is his victorious victorious action to overcome sin and death on the cross, taking on the the shame and the folly of the cross in order to uh, undergo death for all men so that death itself might be destroyed and open up the kingdom of heaven for all who believe. And in order for his incarnation to be extended into time and into all the world, he created his mystical body, which is the church. And through the waters of baptism, the nations are to be brought into that unique um, mediatory sacrifice. And that the incarnation brings one into that mystical body of the church and allows one to finally be uh, family with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit once again. And what happens is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the believer. And as Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians, the indwelling of the Spirit brings the age of grace. And that salvation history can be broken up into the age of nature, which concerns Adam and Eve. And then we have the age of the law, in which Moses gives the law. And finally, we have the age of grace. Grace and truth is now given through Jesus Christ, and we can actually live out the peace of the gospel message um, in our lives. Finally, Christ ascends into heaven, takes his place at the right hand of the Father, sends his spirit into the mystical body of the church, and the motion of the church is to proclaim the gospel, the gospel message of peace, of coming into the peace of Christ through the Holy Spirit, through the sacraments, to all the nations. And all the nations are to recognize the law of Christ and to recognize the grace of Christ and to bring a sacramental society out of every nation on earth, journeying towards their heavenly homeland. Sin and evil will be overcome in, 
overcome in the, ex- in the in the eschaton, in the end times. Sin will be completely destroyed and death will be completely destroyed. But while we're still in these bodies, um, while we're still in the body that is uh, stricken down by concupiscence and by uh, our own sins, the church struggles to um, to live up to the promises that Christ's body uh, gives unto us. So this is the big picture of salvation history. And I'd like to take as a theme Jerome's great saying, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. Taking the church, taking salvation history, taking Christ, the incarnation as being primacy, uh, primary, Genesis and the offering of peace, this grand view of, of salvation history, what I hope to do with some of the series is bring some interpretations to scripture that you may not be familiar with to introduce you to um, different ways in which the gospels reveal this plan of divine mystery and reveal um, you know, what, what God wants to reveal about reality. Salvation history is not a subordinate history to other histories. History itself is salvation history. That God created the world in goodness, that Christ has redeemed it, and now the church there is no other history that can be more primary. History is not the successive uh, conquering of empires and nations and wars. Rather, it's God's divine plan to bring all of humanity united to him in Christ and destroy sin and death once for all. So I hope this uh, series becomes interesting to you. Um, and uh, let's get started.